Welcome to Jay Madison's Rural America. It's a journey through the stories impacting rural economies and country lifestyles. Jay Madison's Rural America is also a production of Jefferson County Economic Development. Now here's Jay. And yes, indeed, here we are on this fine morning, getting ready for some cold weather rolling into northern New York uh, over the next day or two. Uh, Ron, uh, I think you should uh, fly back from Florida today. Well, you know, Jay, I uh, I told Nancy earlier in the week, I said, you know, I've been thinking about coming home for a few days just <laughs> to kind of check in. But then I looked at the weather forecast and I said, well, it's not happening this weekend. So... Uh, I will be thinking about all of you up there. I actually, uh, it it really makes me nervous when they start talking about wind chills in the minus 45 degree range. That's, uh, that actually is pretty scary stuff. And as if it comes to becomes reality, uh, really feel for all the farmers and the farm workers out there and caring for the animals. This is uh, not going to be a lot of fun this weekend. No, it's it's not, and you know that is that is brutal cold. Uh, it's just brutal cold. And actually, uh, uh, for our listeners, Ron Robbins is co-host of the show. He is at his Southern Command Center down there in Florida, and uh, he goes down there once in a while to do a little Southern agriculture. So uh, uh, he's he's lucky right now, and I would not be flying home this weekend, Ron. It would be. Too brutal cold and quite the change from Florida weather. Yeah, and we're we're actually gearing up down here, Jay, to uh, get started planting corn in our our southern farming operation. We got started here this year, and uh, uh, we'll be uh, we should be dropping seeds in the ground about a week from now. Oh, and wow! So we're making preparations and getting things in order, and so that's along with all my other duties back home of uh, getting things, keeping things in order there. Um, so, so I got a question for you. Well, a statement more uh, than anything. So Punxsutawney Phil, we're, we're recording this podcast on Groundhog Day and Punxsutawney Phil saw his shadow. So six more weeks of winter. Now that's not going to work out up here because we will have probably 12 more weeks of winter Um, and down there you're you're planting corn so obviously no winter there so yeah yeah uh, i think that groundhog needs to become soup yeah i'm pretty (laughs) sure that uh pucks and tony phil uh he either needs to get recalibrated or like you say maybe uh maybe turned into groundhog soup because uh, <laughs> I think he's a little off. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit, just a little bit. So, uh, Ron, before we go on to our other topics, uh, you actually, you know, we started this conversation uh, unplanned, talking about the minus 40 temperatures that are coming over the next two days. And you were relating to us the, the challenges on a dairy farm. What what are some of the things that, you know, the, the folks at North Harbor Dairy and the other dairy farms that are going to be dealing with these extreme temperatures, what are the challenges that those temperatures will present to you? Yeah, so, you know, certainly I know back home everybody's busy uh, with the wind chills like that, you know, doing the best they can to kind of button up, you know, doors. And, and luckily we've had a little snow uh, 
which, you know, kind of provides a little bit of insulation around barn foundations and, and doors and, and things like that. But any place where the wind and the draft can get in, trying to keep those buttoned up, uh, calves, uh, you know, the maternity, uh, facility where calves are born, uh, the baby calves that are going to be born, which there will be babies born uh, under brutal conditions. So making sure everybody is, uh, you know, aware of the extra steps they need to take to, you know, make sure those babies are uh, are dried off, put in a warm place, um, you know, they get heat lamps and other things ready, getting tractors and equipment, you know, getting uh, fuel additives in the tank, making sure your tanks are full of fuel so there's no chance of condensation and other things, uh, getting freezing up, you know, making sure we have extra room in the, in the heated shop so if something does go wrong, you know, they can get something inside and get it thawed out. So those are all kind of the, you know, the, the things we can do to at least be prepared. So it's, it's not a case uh, where the farm just lets it happen and you just wander into it and then deal with things as they arise. Your staff at North Harbor Dairy Farm, a thousand cow dairy here in Jefferson County, New York, is actually planning today, preparing today for the onset of the cold wa- cold weather tomorrow. Yeah, they actually started yesterday with a lot of preparations and, you know, getting around, making sure uh, the curtains on the side of the barns were all good and secure and nothing could, you know, with a high wind, those kinds of things. It was fairly moderate temperatures yesterday and, you know, today a lot colder. So a lot of the efforts today are focused inside the barn and, you know, making sure those preparations are are in place and everybody knows what they need to do so yeah a lot of work goes into this and then you know it can be absolutely brutal luckily this is going to be fairly short-lived yeah. 36 hours maybe i think by sometime after midnight saturday night i think it starts to warm up so yeah that is the fortunate thing because up here in northern new york we've had, there's been years where we've had you know 20 30 below temperatures for an entire week so, yes. yeah, so this is fortunate that it's just fairly short-lived, um, and that's a good thing. And what, and what happens is, is uh, you know, the first 24 hours usually isn't horrible. Then if you have extended period of cold, the concrete then cools down, freezes, manure freezes, uh, you know, then it's just, uh, it's almost a race to the bottom at that point. Generally, 24 to 36 hours is something we can we can work through well it's uh let's let's hope that all the farms out there are uh, at a point where they're feeling somewhat prepared for this and the livestock are going to be in a, a good place to deal with the uh extreme temperatures and so on and uh, uh we get through this with no huge issues developing for any of our farms so uh, uh, we don't need any milkshakes other than the ones you buy at the uh, local convenience Ab- store that's absolutely <laughs> yeah so well, hey, I had the opportunity to actually uh, travel down to Florida, what was it, just over a week ago, uh, down to the International Dairy Foods Association, their uh, annual forum that they had. That was my first time attending. That that was really good. Uh, and actually, you're the one that said, hey, did, did you know about this? So I appreciate you giving me the heads up on that. Yeah, I'm glad you got a chance to attend that, Jay. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's it's going to be interesting here to hear your perspective a little bit on the meeting. Uh, 
a lot of times that meeting is held on the West Coast and uh, it's, you know, Palm Springs, California, some other places. Uh, I hear it's always held at a pretty nice place. Um, <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> and uh, uh, so you can share some perspective on that. But, yeah. you know, so, you know, Jay, give us an overview of that, of your attendance at that meeting, you know, what your expectations were going in and uh, how you felt about it uh upon leaving sure sure yeah i'd be happy to and uh, uh like you said it, it usually will start out with location it usually is someplace else out on the west coast or at least that's been my experience and i've looked at attending several times but the costs are just so much and the fact that you know the it's extended travel when it's out on the west coast so uh, i've never been able to attend in person but you know when i found out it was in orlando uh, then it opened some doors, and uh, it was held at a very swanky resort. <laughs> um, I did try to get a room there. I was hoping they still had the discount, which was $399 a room at with the discount. And uh, it, I luckily, they didn't have any rooms left at that price. <laughs> Their next room available was $1,000 a night. And I said, wow. well, I guess I'm not staying there. So the Fairfield Inn was uh, three miles down the road at $100 a night. So that was much better. And it actually worked out great. Um, and I'll explain that in a second. Uh, but so location-wise, it was great. The hotel that they held it at was whew, beautiful. In fact, the Boston Celtics were there. Uh, they were playing the Orlando Magic. I Magic, think. yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. They were playing that night. So I saw all these tall dudes walking around. And I'm like, holy cow, the dairy industry is really producing some big, huge people. And <laughs> then one of the guys told me, no, that's the Boston Celtics. They're in town for a game. I'm like, oh, okay. So that was kind of neat to uh, see some of them and, you know, just why and I'm not an NBA fan, so I have no clue who any of them are. Uh, but it was kind of neat to run into some of them walking around. But anyway, so the, the, there was two reasons to attend. First, and, and Ron, you've been a, a big part of this behind the scenes, uh, helping us out with this. You know, one of our goals here in the North Country, and especially Jefferson County, is to bring in more dairy processing capacity. Uh, when you take a look at Jefferson, Lewis, and St. Lawrence counties, we produce about 2 billion pounds of milk a year in our three-county region. And according to studies done by Cornell University and so on, we have surplus milk that could be put into a medium-sized dairy processing plant if one were to locate here uh, in, in one of the North Country counties. So for us, you know, it's very important to continue to support and grow our dairy industry here, you know, we believe that it's a priority to try to attract another dairy processing plant to have here in addition to Great Lakes Cheese and in addition to the HP Hood Lafargeville plant here in Jefferson County. And so we've made that a priority. We've been working on it. And, and thanks to you and some others, you know, we are aware that there's some potential companies out there looking at the Northeast. The challenge is, is getting in touch with them directly because there's when, and we see this in economic development, we see it in other industrial sectors as well. 
there's usually what's called a site selection company that a, a manufacturing company will hire if they want to locate someplace. They'll hire the site selection company, and that company is basically the filter between folks like myself and the manufacturer. They'll come in and they'll say, hey, you know, we're looking for a site. We, we need this kind of infrastructure. The company wants, you know, these types of things in place. And then we'll respond to that site selector and try to get connected to the company. Well, in the dairy industry, it's not a lot different. There's, there's organizations that become that site selector, if you will, on behalf of the dairy processing company. And they'll start helping the processing company look at areas to locate. The challenge is, is it's, it, in essence, it's somewhat of a game for us because we have to, number one, find out that they're looking. Number two, we have to try and get our information that we believe were the best site through whoever's helping the dairy processing company look for a site and then eventually try to make contact with the actual dairy processing company. It's a big challenge. It's extremely competitive. There's sometimes a bias that's introduced by the middle organization that's helping the dairy processing company look. So um, for us, one of the goals, and I that was very long. You got to tell me when I'm getting long long winded, Ron. Uh, you're okay, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> so for us, we were aware that potentially there was a dairy processing company looking at the Northeast, looking at potentially New York. We also heard that they were potentially going to be at this forum. So we went there. That was one goal that we had was to go there try to make contact with the company if we were there and start a direct conversation with them. The second goal, actually three goals, uh, the second goal was to also snoop around, investigate, make contacts, make net, you know, network with people to find out if there's other companies, either now or somewhere in the near future, might look at a location in the Northeast to locate their processing facilities. So, that was the second goal, to network and uncover opportunities that we might not know exists. Third goal was their forum was fantastic. They had a lot of great speakers. Um, they had uh, elected officials, you know, uh, congressmen and senators doing presentations. Uh, they had people from the dairy industry, both in the United States and globally uh, speaking, um, just a huge variety of, of great presenters, great information. I'll admit, my universe, I have a fairly decent-sized universe, if you'll call it that, with what I do, the people I network with and the information flow I get. But it's not as big as this IDFA forum provides. And so by going there, I was able to expand the, the universe of information that I have access to and that I can incorporate into what I do on a, on a daily basis. So those three goals were why we went and it was very valuable. Unfortunately, the company we were looking for was not there. Um, they, okay. they did not attend. So, um, yeah. and I looked to see, I talked to people as I was networking, I was asking, are these folks here? 
and uh, unfortunately, they were not. So that part didn't pan out. But hey, you know what? It's uh, that's not. Yes, but it's really it's really learning and networking, and and the whole networking piece we all know is uh, that's where the biggest leads come from, right? Generally, is uh, talking to somebody who knows somebody who can put you in contact with somebody. Exactly. And, uh, it, yeah, and that's. It, it, I apologize for interrupting, Ron. Yeah. And we're talking with Ron Robbins, co-host of the show, uh, who is also a dairy farmer here and is involved in agriculture up and down the uh, the Atlantic coastline. That was it was really neat, Ron. What happened? And, and one of the most valuable things that happened was on the first night at my hotel. And again, I was staying off-site because it was cheaper. I'm I went down to the pool and decided, oh, I'll you know I'll have a beer, grab a, a burger or something here, and enjoy the 70 degree temperatures sitting outside. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there. I don't know who is sitting at the bar with me, but I'm sitting there and you know watching the TV, watching the kids all playing in the pool, and listening to the conversations around me. There's two gentlemen sitting right next to me, and they're they're having a good conversation and. I hear the one guy start talking about, oh yeah, yeah, I'm I'm attending a forum over on, over on the other side of town, and uh, I looked at their hotel, and it's just too damn expensive, and so I decided to stay over here. You know, the bells are going off in my head saying, yeah, he's <laughs> he's attending the dairy forum. So I speak up, interrupt their conversation. I say, hey, are you attending the dairy forum? Oh yeah, 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 I'm I'm attending. I say, oh, I am too. So I introduce myself and. He introduces himself, and um, you know we start to talk about what we do. <laughs> and this is the type of thing that you just never know when it's going to happen. I was sitting next to the past president of one of the largest dairy cooperatives in the world. Blew my mind because he's sitting there telling me, yeah, it was too expensive over at that other place. I'm not sp- – <laughs> and you know this guy's got – so well, obviously he ran a pretty tight ship if he had uh he was pretty frugal with farmers money if, yeah uh, <laughs> yeah if, if he's gonna do that i mean he could have stayed yeah. at that swanky place and he said no i'm not paying that kind of money so that it was kind of neat here i am sitting next to the past president of one of the biggest dairy cooperatives in the world. And I'm like, holy cow, man. And I think I texted you right away and said, hey, Ron, guess who I'm sitting next to? So that's really, really interesting, Jay, that, you know, and that's how those, those opportunities are, are molded. And, you know, it's a, it's certainly a great experience. What were some key takeaways from the conference? Where, where's dairy headed here in North America? Based on, based on the conversations that the, the programming and conversations, I think there is a degree of optimism that we may not see here at the local level as much. But on a national level, there there is a degree of optimism for the dairy industry. We are seeing consumption of dairy products, some dairy products actually increasing. You know, cheese always is going up. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of your cultured dairy products, you know, the cottage cheeses, yogurts, and so on. It, you know, consumption of those is increasing. There is a degree of optimism there, but there's a recognition that Everything is changing. Industry is not going to look like it does today in five years. From the 
farm level up, there's going to be a lot more technology put in place. We're going to be dealing with uh, the climate regulations, which, you know, that was discussed a lot in, in the presentations and in the conversations. You know, we're going to be dealing with all of these regulations that some are very misguided, some are okay, um, but it's going to change how we do business, whether we want it to or not. Uh, but there, there is that optimism uh, out there for the dairy industry and that we are, we are probably the best dairy producing nation as far as quantity, uh, quality and volume of any nation across the, the globe. That's the message I heard. Now, is that right? Uh, I don't know, but you know, that was what was, that was what was being communicated uh, fairly prevalently. Uh, to folks out there. Now, what about new uses for dairy and, you know, the proteins and, yeah. and enzymes and some of the other things that, that can be extracted out of dairy, out of milk? Yeah, I, you know, that, that was talked about, and uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because one of the things that, uh, and actually I'm trying to line up uh, one of the speakers to come on the podcast with us. I think we're going to have her two, three weeks. Uh, she'll be joining us. Is that dairy food is a medicine. It is such high quality, uh, high quality nutrient packed food that we should be looking at dairy as medicine. Not is medicine, but as medicine. You yeah. can break down those components like you were talking about. Separate those components out. Integrate those into other food products or into medicines or into things that can be beneficial to our health. And there's there's a lot of excitement and a lot of interest in doing that. I uh, There was a lot of conversations about that. I did, unfortunately, I had to make choices between some of the, the workshops. There right, was one right. workshop that was specifically uh, focused on the um, breaking down dairy into its components and the uses of those. I attended a, uh, a, a dairy policy, a, you know, the politics and stuff going on affecting dairy. I attended a workshop for that that was offered at the same time. So I didn't get to hear the nitty gritty details of some of the new products that were being developed. I was I was very enthusiastic about dairy as medicine, food as medicine program. In fact, I was talking to uh, somebody from the uh, National Dairy Promotion Group, uh, PEP. I forget what that stands for. Do you remember, Ron? No, no. but... I... Anyways, yeah, it, it, it's the National Dairy Promotion Group for the dairy processors. And I was talking to him afterwards and, and this is one of the gentlemen that runs the whole program nationally. And we were talking about, you know, our messaging for dairy and how we're missing this message that dairy is uh, is a, a food product that is medicinal. That by eating dairy, you are building your health, not just responding to a health crisis, but you're actually building your, your health through dairy to help prevent disease. 
And right. It's, uh, I mean, you have dairy has been proven, I believe, and I know a lot of checkoff dollars, both on the processing side and on the producer side, have been geared towards this. But, uh, you know, this whole human health immunity building capacity in the human body by eating dairy, you know, what that does to strengthen your immune system. You know, since COVID, we've had a lot of talk about building immunity to diseases and other things. And and we all know that, you know, the best way to prevent disease is, is by building immunities. I mean, we see that in the animal population. We see it on the dairy farms. You know, that's, that's the best cure for problem disease outbreaks and, and health issues by eating dairy and building your immune system, strengthening, you know, the things in your body that, that are going to ward off disease. You know, and we're, I think we're, we're starting to point back there with kids. We lost a couple generations of, of milk drinkers, you know, because we took whole milk out of the schools, put in skim milk, didn't taste very good. Kids didn't like it, you know, so what do they do? They, you know, they opt for sugary drinks and it's almost like it's made, which, which ultimately is very addicting, you know, sugary drinks uh, become very addicting to kids, you know, and ultimately lead to an even greater level of child obesity. So, you know, it's kind of funny, you know, my son, Jeff coaches high school basketball at Sackets, and he's had all kinds of uh, kids with health issues this year, uh, you know, back problems, uh, you know, just these kids should not be, you know, should not be having these kinds of issues, you know, sprained, mu torn muscles, sprained, sprains, you know, uh, torn ligaments. And I keep telling him, I said, you need to make sure these kids are drinking milk. My God, and yeah, uh, yeah. you know, kind of joking around, but uh, there's, you know, there's a there's a, a big degree of truth in. That. I remember when Jeff played sports in high school, you know, and he and Nancy would get so mad at him because he'd go to the refrigerator and grab the gallon of milk and just chug it <laughs> right out of the jug. <laughs> and she would say, Jeff, my God, can't you have some manners, kid? And, uh, <laughs> but he never got injured. Right. Uh, my mom used to get mad at me when I was playing football because uh, I didn't dare drink it out of the jug because my mom would smack me. In a good way, she'd smack me, not, you know, abuse me, folks, yeah. settle down. Um, but she would. And so, but I would sit there and drink a gallon of milk, and we'd have to go get more because I just, I sought milk because I knew it was good, it fulfilled me, and it helped me recover from, you know, the yeah. intense practices and so on that we were, that we were doing, and... Yeah, kids these days just you, you don't see that as much. They're they're not they're going after the the monster drinks or whatever they're called, yeah. the energy drinks, yeah. and those things are so bad it's not even funny. And yet, well, and you know, and it's so addicting. And I see these young guys come to work every morning on the farm, you know, with either a Mountain Dew or a monster drink in their hand, and it's like, my God, what are you doing to your body? Yeah. You know, I, I I have to admit, I do drink soda, and Mountain Dew or grape soda is, is one of my favorites, but I, I'm not bringing it to work with me. I'm trying to hold <laughs> off at least until 10 o'clock. <laughs> yeah. Well, 
Geez, Jay, it, yeah. it's, uh, I'm glad you had a chance to attend this meeting and hopefully will lead to, you know, some of those connections you made. Well, I'm sure you've done some follow-up with some of those connections oh, yeah. and, and hopefully that will, uh, lead to some, uh, uh, unique opportunities for us down the road. Um, it's yeah. always great to get to those kinds of events. You know, last week I had a chance to attend a grain marketing seminar over in Clearwater Beach, Florida, uh, for a couple of days and got to meet a lot of, uh, uh, farmer owned, uh, grain elevator operators, co-op grain elevators, operators from Canada and the U S and, you know, one, it was a great, I, I actually got thinking about it. It was the first big meeting I have attended since way back in March of 2019. I mean, COVID just pretty much uh, shut everything down, shut everything down. And those meetings are now starting to happen again. So, you know, it was a great opportunity for you to be able to attend that. No, it, and actually one last point I'll, I'll leave you with, Ron, uh, because we're starting to run out of time here. Um, we had a board of directors, the Jefferson County Local Devo Development Corporation and Jefferson County Industrial Development Agency Board of Directors, the folks that I answer to, and they were asking me a lot of questions about this, and, and I shared with them because, you know, they were interested in the networking and leads and that kind of stuff. And I, I told them, I said, you know, one of the big things I always do, whether it's from a conference or, or wherever it might have happened, is, you know, when I, when I get that network person, like this guy that was the past president of, you know, Big Dairy Cooperative, I connect with them on the, the one social media site called LinkedIn, the, that's a professional site. Um, you know, I try to connect with them on LinkedIn but I don't leave it just with them. Then I, and I, I'm doing this right now still as a follow-up to attending that conference. I start to look at their connections and follow, follow mm -hmm. those connections to see if there's people that I can further connect with that might either gain something just by being connected. They might see us here in Jefferson County, or I might be able to reach out to them directly. And Two, two that I've actually, and they're not dairy, but they were, I found them as a result of my dairy connections I made down there, are controlled environment agriculture people. You know, the people that are mm -hmm. doing yeah. indoor vertically integrated agriculture. And there's two of them that I've started talking to that I connected to as a result of connections I made down there because we have... Uh, you know, our, our solar panel manufacturing mm -hmm. company also has an interest in controlled environment agriculture. Yeah. And yeah. so now I'm taking those, those connections that I've made from the forum, the, the, the secondary ones, and I'm trying to connect them to our solar manufacturing person to bring them all together so they can start to communicate because you just don't know where that will lead. And I, I explained that to our board of directors and they were like, Oh, that's really cool. So you're going to go to the yeah. next one, Jay. That was what they yeah. said. <laughs> I'm like, wow. Okay. Uh, maybe we will. So, yeah, well, you're a good one to go, Jay. So uh, <laughs> well, we'll leave you. it there. Thank yeah. you. Uh, and thank you for uh, telling me it was in Orlando, because like I said, I, I expect it to be someplace else all the time. So, 
Well, Ron, I think we need to wrap up. Hey, next week we're going to have, if everything goes well, we're going to have the chairman of the House of Representatives Agriculture Committee, G.T. Thompson, right here on the podcast with us talking about the work being done to uh, prepare for the 23 Farm Bill. So that's going to be a really great conversation, Ron. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. I mean, uh, uh, Mr. Thompson uh, is a very well-respected individual in the state of Pennsylvania. He, uh, you know, I've heard a lot of great things about him. He, uh, you know, within his district, he shows up, for instance, at every Eagle Scout ceremony that takes place. Oh, uh, wow. That's, that's uh, You know, he uh, he's just that kind of individual where he really goes out of his way to connect with his constituents, to be a person who listens to the issues in his district. And uh, so, yeah, I think and he's, he's become a very recognized advocate for agriculture and especially the dairy industry. Yeah, it'll be a great conversation. So uh, definitely check back next week, folks, you know, midweek to late late in the week and we'll have that conversation up here unless something changes uh but we'll have that conversation up here as soon as it occurs well ron i'll let you go you have a great day sir yeah and keep warm up there jay uh everybody uh keep our our farmers uh in their thoughts and prayers here over the weekend over this cold snap and hopefully uh there's sunshine and warmer weather on the other side let's hope so all right, folks, have a great week, uh, and thank you for listening. Listening in to Jay Madison's Rural America. Thank you for tuning in to Jay Madison's Rural America. Make sure to join us weekly. If you have any questions about the show, call Jay at 315-782-5865. For more information, visit www.agricultureevents.com or jcida.com. Until next time, thanks for tuning in to Jay Madison's Rural America.